0: Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Aloria. And before we go into today's episode, which is about synchronicity, I wanted to remind you that I have a guide for you. So if you go to marilynaloria.com forward slash guide, G U I D E, and think of a number from one to 10, and then you are going to meet your very own guide. What I suggest you do is think about what you want to create in your life or maybe a question that you have. So bring that into your consciousness and then just come up with a number from 1 to 10, or what you could do even is write the numbers 1 to 10 on separate pieces of paper and pick out one, and you will be surprised at what you get. You'll be like, how did that happen? Wow, that's so cool. It's really amazing how our spirit guides answer our questions, and especially when we play games of chance like that. So go to marilyneloria.com forward slash guide and meet your very own guide. Marilyn Aloria and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about synchronicity. But before I go into that, I want to talk to you about a few things. So first thing that I want to talk to you about is someone sent me an email. Um, They were very concerned about what I shared about um, my spirit guides and how they scared me in the beginning. And it was a very, very sweet email. And it was somebody who apparently had been following me for some time. And when she went to listen to my um, podcast, she was upset by it. And she even said in the email that, you know, maybe it was triggering something in her. She wasn't sure. And, um, she just wanted to reach out to me and ask me about it. And I wanted to address that question here on this podcast and also encourage any of you who have questions for me that you can send an email to info at who can it be now com. info at who can it be now podcast.com. And I would love to see those emails. So she was concerned that there were benevolent spirits that were scaring me and locking me in closets and all those experiences. So uh, the locking in the the rooms were, happened when I was in my mid-30s. So I wasn't a young child. And it really, as scary as it was, it was an incredible experience. It was the way they got my attention. I the way we interpret things is really up to us, right? So even as a child, when the hand was coming out of the wall, or if you haven't heard those episodes, they're all before this episode. But all those things that happened to me, even as a kid, um, them touching my feet or whatever it was, they weren't trying to scare me. They were just trying to get my attention. And because I uh, I was a child who was living in a Um, not a very safe environment, I interpreted it as fear. So later on, I don't look back at those memories as scary as all. I look at back at those memories like, wow, how cool that I had those experiences and they were trying to get my attention from very early on. So I just, anybody who's been upset by the stories or been like, oh my goodness, how could that have happened? Um, I just want to, to just reassure you that I am fine. And, really all of that that went on was my way of being able to be with it. It's, I I don't know how to describe it, but when I look back at those things that happened, first of all, I don't have any fear at all whatsoever. And second of all, it, it was just how it happened. And many times, like I get this from a lot of students, as you know, I teach a lot of students and around the world. And I hear them say, you know, I had these gifts when I was younger and I shut them down because they scared me but now I want to open them up again. And part of my work with my students is to empower them. So they're not frightened. They're not afraid because there is nothing to be afraid of. Now there's can be, we can have a lot of conversations about what's out there and what's not out there and so on and so forth. But I subscribe to free will that nothing is allowed in unless I, unless I open that door. So what I invite in is which you're going to meet, like in the spirit guides that I have for you is very, very high vibrational energy. Very, very high aligned energy. So, um, the way we interpret things sometimes is through the fear, but it's not necessarily meaning that we are experience a fearful spirit. So let me explain one more thing about this. Part of what happens a lot of the times too, is when your spirit guide comes in, they have so much love for you that you're not used to receiving that much love. So you interpret it as a fearful thing or you interpret it as a heartache thing because it's so much love. You don't know, have a a barometer of what to gauge it. You're like, whoa, this feeling, oh my goodness, it's really uncomfortable. You know, when you meet somebody and you're like really attracted to them and all of a sudden that vulnerability comes up or that lack of safety comes up or you go and do something new and it's a really great opportunity, but you're afraid it's kind of like that. You don't have the interpretation of safety. This is great. Oh my goodness. I've, you know, I've never experienced this before, but yeah, come on in. It's more of trepidation. Like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can handle this. Is this okay? So many times when spirit guides walk in, I'll have uh, students say to me, I was a little scared or I was unnerved or it was a little, um, I was frightened. And then I'll usually tap in with them and I'll ask them, you know, is this somebody, something to really be frightened of? And they'll be like, They work with it a bit and they're like, no, this is actually beautiful and amazing. And I may have shared this before, but I want to share it again. Uh, When I was working with my guides and really studying and really opening up to them, I had a huge heartache and I didn't understand why my heart was feeling like it was breaking constantly. And I was like, what is going on? I'm doing everything that I love. I'm, I'm channeling, I'm working on my psychic abilities and that's how you communicate with your guides, right? Is by opening up your clairs, all your clairs. And I was like, "What was go- what's going on? And I went to my guides and I said, why is my heart earth hurting so much? Why is it breaking? And they said, it's breaking open. This is what happens when you open your heart. It feels like a heartache, but it's cracking open. So it was my interpretation of what was going on. And once they said that to me, it made perfect sense. So I just want to reassure all of you, I am more than fine. And I feel really blessed to have had these experiences in my life and to be able to look back at them and recognize today as an empowered adult who is open to all her gifts, who I was back then and who I am today and how I get to teach people through my experience. Okay, so now we're going to go into synchronicity. But just a reminder for you, those of you who have questions, please do feel free to email me at info at who can it be now podcast.com. Before I go on, I want to address one more thing um, that was presented in the email in such a loving way. So thank you so much for caring so much about me. Um, the person talked about why spirit, the spirit world, would do something so scary and dark and frightening to an innocent child. And here's the other thing I want to share with you. So I was a child who was growing up in a lot of chaos and also was seeing very, very, very inappropriately scary movies at a very young age, very inappropriately scary movies. And I was also exposed to the news. So as a very young child, you can't compartmentalize all those things when something beautiful and loving comes in, but is not seen in the physical world. My interpretation is what I see on the news or in the scary movies. So my interpretation of the experience was scary and frightening more so than the experiences themselves. Again, I want to thank that person. I just had to go back and um, share that part of it. So today's episode, I'm super excited to talk to you about synchronicity. And I just want to thank everyone who has been following this podcast so far and rating it and just letting me know how this experience has been shifting their life and my stories So before we go into synchronicity, which I feel is one of the most important things, one of these most important tools and language that you can learn, I want to talk about the flavor of the day. (laughs) So I'm recording this podcast on a Monday and it comes out on a Thursday and it's the end of 2020. And you try your best to make these podcasts evergreen because you never know when somebody's going to stumble upon this. But, you know, there's just so much you can do because things happen, right? And we're at the end of 2020, which is the COVID year and everything else that, that went on, elections in the States, if you live in the States, whatever. And um, we're moving into 2021. And it's, it's super important that you get very, very clear about what it is about this year that you've learned that you want to keep, what you want to let go, and then what you want to bring into the following year. So I'm going to share something with you um, that many of you may relate to, and this will probably be addressed in another podcast down the line. One of the gifts that I have is I can read people's truths. So I could show up at a gathering and meet people and that person could be nice as pie and everybody thinks they're the nicest person in the world and I can see their truth. I can see that they're really not happy or they're um, not the nicest person or they're jealous. I can just read everything that's going on underneath. And it can be very, very challenging to have this kind of gift because you have to be able to go into circles of people that maybe aren't your friends. So you don't need to address these things. And you have to have this, you have this awareness, and then you've got to kind of like file it away or tuck it away or put it someplace. I share this with you because I'm having an experience today where something like this is happening. And I knew it was going to happen. Um, I could feel the energy, I could read the energy, and I'm in an experience where I'm uh, just being pushed out of a certain situation. So I share this with you because this is what's going on with me today. And it's it's not an easy gift to have, but it's a very important gift. So the the way that it shows up for me is, and, and, and very many empathic people may feel this experience. We experience things on a Multitude of levels. I was just ex- talking to one of my students about this because she's going through a, a difficult time, and um, she's been a membership in Soul Finder Academy. And I said, you know, you have to realize we're very sensitive people, empathic people, and we have these. Everybody's gifted, so I'm not saying I'm any different than anyone else, but we have these gifts that we're using every day. We don't have experiences in life that are just linear, one dimensional. We have multidimensional experiences in our life. So. When I go into an experience or something happens, it's not just what is happening per se. I'm reading the energy. I'm feeling everything people are feeling. I'm feeling what I'm feeling. And I have to like organize it all so that I can have a response that's normal and not a response that's like triggered with so many other st- other experiences tapped into it. My, you know, my mother's experience, my brother's experience, the the space experience, what's going on in the space, what's going on in the environment. You know, it's like all of that at once. It's such a multi dimensional language. So I'm having a little bit of this kind of experience right now with something going on and something I knew and how people... Feel about me, and I've never had these experiences. I have very, 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 very good friendships of wit from women. You know, I have friendships that span over forty years. I have a strong group of women around me in all different stages of my life, from high school to college to MTV, um, NBC. I have people from NBC, but I have acquaintances. But all different like times in my life. And I'm living in a place where it's, it's kind of new and I've never had this experience where I'm, I am just am having a difficult time with some groups of women, not men so much. And um, I'm like, wow, I got to get on and do this podcast today. And I'm a little unnerved. And how as a sensitive person, an empathic person, do I compartmentalize that, push it aside? First of all, it has nothing to do with me. There's nothing I can do about it. I read energy. I read people. I, I can't do anything about people not liking me if they don't like me because of my personality or whatever it may be. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm not rude. I'm not mean unless you're in my face. Then it's a different story. Then I get Brooklyn. So why I'm sharing all of this with you today is because we're going into synchronicity and we're going into talking with the universe. And as an empath, you don't want to shut down parts of yourself because you want to be in constant communication with the universe, with the source with your guides so that you can really be in the flow of your life. So how do you do this? Well, the way that I do it is I'm very, very self-aware. I'm very conscious. So I know where my feelings begin and my feelings. end. I know if I'm walking into a situation and I'm reading the situation. And if all of a sudden I know that Mary Jo doesn't like me for whatever reason, and that's her business, not mine. I can't be taking that on. It's none of my business. Unless we're in communication and discussing it, it's none of my business what's going on in the ethers. And that's why I turn it to, it's between God and me. It's between the universe and me. It's between source and me. And I have to continue. I don't always have to do that because it's now part of my muscle memory. It's just part of me. But sometimes I have to be reminded of it and I have to pull back, sit in observation of my own emotions get into communication with my guides about it, get clear, learn what I'm learning in the moment, because it's really just about me. It doesn't have to do with anyone else and then move forward and being an empath. And we're going to talk about synchronicity, which is super important. You want to constantly let yourself be clear. You want to know your own emotional life. What is exciting you? If something's triggering you and upsetting you, you want to pause and take a moment and say. Did somebody just say something or why am I feeling upset? What's going on? Is there reality to this situation? Because sometimes it's just habit and that's a whole other conversation that we'll have down the line. So as an empath, as a spiritual being, trying to have a human experience, being very sensitive or feeling, or maybe you shut down your sensitivities, which you don't want to do, you want to learn how to manage it. So the reason why you don't want to shut down your empathic ability or your sensitivities is because your heart is a truth center for your life. I always say that our truth, this is the way I teach and, and you guys could have different understanding and you know, I'm totally cool with that. My truth lives in my heart and my throat chakra. So if I am shut down from my heart because my empathic ability was way too much to experience. And for those of you who don't know what empathic ability is, it's when we pick up um, we can pick up emotional energy from people, um, physical energy from people, physical pain. You can pick up emotional energy from space. You can pick it up from a magnitude of things, dogs, animals, you know, whatever it is. Um, I don't know too much about animals cause it's not my area of expertise, but I know like, um, because they are reflections also of us. So I, I, that's a thing, but that's what empathic ability is. You're picking up other people's emotions, and then you're not recognizing what's your emotion and what's theirs. So, therefore, then you're living in a little bit of a chaos. Um, and our heart is our truth center, our heart tells us whether we like something or don't like something, and our throat is when we speak our truth to ourselves and we also hear our truth, which is about clear audience. And we're going to talk about the different ways the universe speaks to us through different symbolic language. It could be through hearing, seeing, feeling, knowing. So there's different ways that the universe speaks to us. But the important thing is, is that, and I'm talking about this, especially now at the end of 2020 is it's actually, anytime you're listening to this, it's really super important that you get very clear about what your truth is and what you feel. And if you're struggling with that, break it down to how you feel about things. That is your best barometer for your life. Uh, I teach things called the one to 10 and the souls list. And I teach my students how to get super clear about how they feel about things in their life so that they're living their life from their heart and not afraid of what they feel. Instead, they get the tools and the techniques to be able to manage those emotions so that they can. Okay. Ladybug on my window. For those of you who have been following me in synchronicity. Wow. I can't believe that just happened. If you listen to my, um, I don't remember which podcast it is, but I talk about the ladybugs. That was incredible. That's synchronicity, Why Is that a synchronistic moment? Because ladybugs are huge for me. Me, um, I've been sharing with my students how vulnerable a little this podcast has been for me a bit because there are people listening to it that it, in on my, my Facebook lives. I kind of know my audience. I know who's watching it. The podcast, like people have been listening to it, like college friends and high school friends and. People I don't normally really expose this part of myself, even though they're really good friends of mine, they know me from a different era and I don't really expose this part of myself, but I'm having so much fun sharing these stories and they're texting me people that are listening to it and like, oh my, I haven't even told them about it. And they're like, oh my goodness, I love your podcast. The ladybug is confirmation to continue to tell my stories, bear my soul and be vulnerable and let, let you into my life. So um, back to the story. So. Our heart tells us what we like and what we don't like. And the techniques and tools are how to manage it, how to manage that experience so that you do move forward and you don't allow an empathic experience, maybe, or a truth-telling experience. If you have that gift that I have, which a lot of people have, where you could read what people are really thinking, even though they're not saying it to you. You don't allow that to stop where you want to go and what you want to do. And why it's so important now or whenever you're listening to this to know what it is you want to create is because the universe cannot work with you unless you're clear and know what you want to create how many times do you put your attention on something and it's not what you want and then it happens and we want to be super clear about what it is that we want and really focus on that and some of you may struggle with what is it that i want But this other thing that I don't want, this fear, this, this uncomfortable situation keeps rising up and I have to get rid of that thing first before I can get to what I want. And nothing can be further from the truth. You have to focus on what it is you want. You have to focus on the good thing. And then when that fear comes in or that situation that's uncomfortable comes in and it's, it's taking you off the path, it's usually not taking you off the path. What it is, is informing you about how you feel about something or some information. But right? What you want to do is wait, I have my goal. I remember where I want to go. How is this giving me information towards my goal? Is this feeding me towards my goal or is this distracting me? Where am I feeling empowered? Where am I feeling disempowered? Everything is information when you're synchronicity. So let me go into synchronicity. Ooh, synchronicity to me. Synchronicity can happen in the good moments and can also happen to you where it's helping you to not go into a certain situation that's not so great. I'm going to share some stories. It is information. It is information in a co-creation that you're in with the universe, with God, with source, whatever you believe. I I believe in God, right? But my understanding of God shifts and changes, expands and grows. I don't really care what people believe in because we we we're all on this earth plane, like reaching out in the, you know, reaching out in the dark going, you know, what, why are we here? What's going on? And I feel like you have to adopt your beliefs that help you to live a very solid existence, a life you want to live, a life you desire to live, a life of creation. And so that's why I'm very accepting of different belief systems, unless you're going to throw a belief system at me and, sh- and try to shut down my belief system, then I'm not going to have it, you know? But if we can have an open-minded conversation around belief systems, that's a great conversation to have. You can learn so much and share so much in that moment. So synchronicity to me is when the universe and you and me, whatever, that's between the universe and me, we're in a symphony together. We're in a co-creative symphony, a beautiful musical symphony together. And the universe is responding to my needs, to my... Vision to what it is I want to create. And the universe and I are in a deep, intimate dialogue about my life, not your life, my life. So, synchronicity is in everything. So, spirit woke me up not too long ago and they were like, everything is information. Everything. And I know what they're talking about because everything is information. This moment is information. Everything is giving us. Information about what to do next and where to go and where to be and who we are. And you know what it's like because I don't think you'd be listening to me if you've never had this experience. You know what it's like to be in that flow of your life, that dance in your life, to feel supported, to feel that unconditional love, to feel like something bigger or greater than you is guiding you. Even if that's your soul, your higher self, whatever it may be, it is taking you on the journey on the inner journey of your heart and soul, and it's showing up in your physical existence. That is synchronicity. So synchronicity is the conversation between the universe and you. And it's how we can live our life and flow. And when synchronicity doesn't happen, it's not because it's not working. It's not because the universe stopped communicating with you. It's because you don't see. It's because you've put blinders on or you got caught up on your mother's opinion of you or what Sally Joe said, or I could get caught up on this little experience that's happening to me right now and miss the synchronicity. But I'm not going to do that. No one's getting in the way of my life. Uh Uh-uh, not happening. Not anymore. Nobody's stopping my inner song. So when you miss synchronicity or you feel like you're at a rack or things aren't working, it's because you're not clear you're not clear on your vision. You're not clear on what it is you desire. You're not clear on what you don't want. This is something I teach my students what to say yes to and what to say no to. Not based on my what to say yes to and no to, based on their heart, based on their soul. Ladybug is back. Look, you're going to hear me doing that. It's just so cool. It's like late November and the ladybug is here. Anyway, um, So the most important thing with synchronicity is to be very, very clear. To be clear about what it is that you want in your life. Even if what you want is, well, it's not an even, like if you want peace or happiness or to feel love, get clear about where you want to go, what you want experience, what you want to feel more of, what you want to stop experience. Think about 2020, right? And no matter when you're listening to this, and you can even think about it where you are in your life right now, but think about your year. What was the awareness that was brought to you from this experience? What was this reckoning that you've had with yourself? What do you no longer desire? And what do you want to invite in? And if you don't take a stand on what it is you want, the universe has no clue what to bring you. No clue. It, it always amazes me how much we can, for the lack of a better word, manifest. You know, when I do readings for people, I'm usually a future reader, right? So a lot of what I say that hasn't yet happened, and I don't remember readings, but people will come back to me and they've come back to me. I don't do readings anymore, especially, except in my paid communities. And they'll say, you said, blah, 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 blah. And it came true. And depending on the experience, I'll either say, wow, you made that happen. You resonated with something I said, with the truth that I said, and you made it happen. Like, I don't take credit for that. Some things are so wild, which I'm going to share down the line in this podcast, that I'm like, wow. But even for me, it was like, holy mackerel, there's something so much bigger out there than we have any understanding of. Because it wasn't something, it was something they they learned about or something that, that happened in the past that they learned was the truth. So it was just really incredible. So I'm going to share with you some stories about synchronicity and what works for me and how it shows up in your life. And that one of the things, the way I share is that's my experience. One thing I teach my students is we all, it's really important. Like it's so funny to me. I think it was last week somebody said, What's the difference between intuition, having an intuitive hit, and in your guides? And I'm like, your intuition is communication with your guides. Your guides are not clairvoyancy, clairaudience, claircognizance, empathic ability. Those are your means of communication with your guides, with the universe. Those are your your abilities to communicate with those things, with your guides, with the universe, with God, with your higher self, with your soul. These are the extrasensory um, perceptions that we have, you know, it's the clairaudience, clear hearing clairvoyance, clear seeing claircognizance, clear knowing intuition to me is clairsentience, but it may be different for other people sensing things. So that's how, you know, and that's why you want to be into communication and you, you're, you are your own student. You're your own instrument. So I teach in my programs how to see, how to hear, how to feel, how to know. Well, we haven't taught knowing yet, except to some of the older students. And they have to learn how their instrument works. Not how Marilyn sees, but how they see. So I had like one of my students today was writing on the membership wall about how in her dream state, she started hearing. And she was like, is that Claire audience?" In a specific way she was hearing. And we were all like, yeah, that's clairaudience because your mind is shut down. That monkey brain, for the lack of a better word, is shut down. So they start talking to you. She was hearing conversations. And that's the way it happened for me. So cl- synchronicity is our communication with the universe. And we're using our uh, clairvoyancy, clairseeing, repetitive symbols. The ladybug keeps flying onto the window. We're using um, clairaudience, hearing, how we're hearing which can sound like your own voice, but it has a different energy to it. It's like that news flash that drops in. Oh, that inspiring thought. Oh, let me go there. That's the universe communicating with us through clairaudience. It could be claircognizance if it's a download. It could be that nudge you have, which is that intuitive nudge. But how you receive that, you have to learn how you receive it. So it's great to study these tools And play the game. I play a lot of games to get people to understand their own instrument and then learn how you see, how you hear, how you feel, how you sense, how, you know, be the instrument in your life so that you can have this beautiful musical composition with the universe and get into synchronicity. So the universe communicates through all these senses and it's such a great thing to to pay attention to. So what I'd like you to do is if you can, now, some of you I know are not clear what it is that you desire because you may have had really rough experiences and dreams haven't come true and you've been disappointed repeatedly. So it's given you the lack of belief or faith to believe in your dreams. Now, if that's happening, what I would suggest you do, and it's so funny, I guess I I had a big morning, I guess, in my membership today because another student who's been going through a lot of struggles. She found something, I don't have her permission yet to share this story. So I don't want to share it just yet, but she found something of real significance to her in a drawer and she's already moved. And that thing could have never appeared there, but it gave her faith. It gave her faith in her dreams. She was aware enough to pay attention. What I love about watching this particular student, and she's been in a lot of struggle lately, but she keeps working on it, keeps working on it, keeps working on it, and then when I see these breakthroughs, it's phenomenal. So you may be somebody who's having a difficulty dreaming because life has been really hard. So what I would suggest you do then is break it down to uh, to things that make you bring you joy. Now, if you don't know what brings you joy, I teach this incredible tool called the one to ten list, and if you go to my YouTube channel and look up Marilyn Alaura one to ten. Even the souls list is on there. I've I've really built it up since then, but it'll give you a great idea about how to get into your joy, how to get into the things that you really love. And it may just be, I want to say, you just want to create more flow in your life, more ease. And the only way that you know that that happens is maybe at night you're eating a delicious meal and you're able to rest from your busy day. And that allows you to feel flow. You feel relaxed. You feel a little peace and you want to build on that feeling. You want to build creating more of that. So notice in your day where you're experiencing something that is bringing more flow and joy. I call them the seven to 10. So if you go and listen to that video, it'll teach all about that. And the more that you focus on the things that bring you flow, bring you joy, the more you'll start recognizing what it is that you love and what it is you don't love will start taking a back seat. Therefore, your dreams will start awakening to you. You'll start realizing, wait a second, there is more light in my life than I imagined. I can create more light. And and light to me is those moments of peace that we get, those moments of feeling supported, feeling safe. It, it It's probably different to a lot of people, what it may be, but that's what it is to me. And those are things that don't cost money. So it's things that cost money too down the line. But if you're struggling with finances or whatever's going on, it's the moments in time when I'm just looking at the ladybug on my window. Totally peace, joyful, good moment. It's my dog napping right now on the on the bed after because we had a good hike this morning. It's being able to share with all of you. So get into more of a state of what brings you joy, what brings you happiness, what brings you um, flow. And when you wake up in the morning, I went a little bit on a tangent, so forgive me. When you wake up in the morning, I want you tapping into that. The morning is super important because during the night, I'm not going to get into the whole dream thing, but there's a lot that goes on in your dream state, whether you're traveling in your dreams or not, whether they're just psychological, there's a lot going on. So in the morning, it's really important before you do anything to bring in a feeling, even if the only feeling is I am love, I am love, I am love. And you're not sure even what that means, but you just repeat that. Then go through your day expecting to see I am love, expecting to see I am flow. And anytime your mind goes to something uh, difficult, bring it back to that initial thought. And this will make the things that you're focused on that are not great fall more behind you. And the things that are really that you want to highlight, the good things, they'll come up more. So when you do more of this, you're going to start noticing. See, it brings an awareness to you. And the awareness is something you want to create, something good, high vibration, right? So you're, you're focusing on it, your awareness is on it. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing the clues in the universe whether it's a repetitive symbol or something that someone says or the inner nudge that you hear. And you start realizing it builds your confidence. You're like, oh, wait a second. This is this in alignment. I'm going to go follow that. Oh, there it is again. I'm going to give you something simple that happened this morning and then I'm going to go into stories. So lately, spirit's been making me see squirrels. Now I live in nature. So you could say, Marilyn, you see squirrels all the time. Honestly, I don't. Not to the point of, I, have a, I live in a three-story house. The third story is a very high deck. The squirrel was on the deck. I'm like, what's this doing there? I've never seen a squirrel on my deck. And then I've been seeing squirrels all around lately and hearing them. And I know enough to say, oh, spirit is getting my attention with the squirrels. So then this morning before my channel session, I let the dog out in the backyard and there was a baby squirrel. Driving the dog crazy. You know how they can, the way squirrels are and they yell at you constantly. And um, then I was like, oh my goodness, there's this baby squirrel. Okay, spirit, you really want me to see these squirrels. And then behind me, there's a baby squirrel. So then that's bringing my attention to something. Now you could choose to say, oh, that's ridiculous. There's squirrels everywhere. That's fine. How does that work for you with synchronicity? Let me know. Because for me, I pay attention and I'm like, oh, they want me to play more, they want me to have more fun joy. They also reminding me of a time when I shared it another uh, about the clairvoyancy uh, park that I used to run in and the squirrels and I were there. And that was a very significant time for me in a particular moment in my life of opening up to something. And I'm opening up to that thing again. So I know this is confirmation. Follow what you're doing. Follow it. Even if you feel unsafe because this morning before my channel session when I saw the squirrels I wanted to go into my channel sessions to talk about this the lack of safety I was feeling about this thing I was opening up to it has nothing to do with the other thing I was talking about so the squirrels are just reminders like remember remember that time way back when yes this is good we're going to open up to this we want you to play we want you to have joy we want you to have fun that's what squirrels are okay so a synchronistic moment for me i was I left NBC and I wanted to pursue acting and I had an audition for a movie. And It was, I think my first audition and it was a second because the first audition was a play and I actually got that, but it wasn't a big play. It was, you know, just a, one of those little plays that somebody was putting on. So I went to this film audition. It was for the lead and I auditioned for it and I didn't get it. And I was upset And there was a nudge inside of me to go buy Backstage, which I'd never bought. You would think I would have bought it, right? But I never bought Backstage. Backstage is a newspaper. I don't even know if it's still there in Manhattan that would tell you about the open calls and the auditions. And that's the way it was done back then. So I went and bought Backstage and I was reading it and there was an open call for Tony and Tina's wedding. And they were looking for Tina. And the description of Tina was me to a T. Brooklyn girl, uh, late twenties. Actually, she was Queens. Tina's from Queens. Very, you know, um, truck driver with a heart of gold. That was definitely me. So I was like, oh my goodness, there it is. I've got to go for this. And this is before I was in touch with my guides. So I started working on the audition. I only told like two people about it. And I went to Brooklyn. I brought the clothes and I started seeing all these symbols all these synchronistic moments, like I went into Brooklyn and I went under the L and I was buying clothes. And then I can't remember all the things that happened, but then Saturday Night Fever was on that weekend. And I was like, oh my goodness, what a great case study. I'm going to study Saturday Night Fever. And then I was running in my gym and I ran all the time. I was always at this gym. And it's the first time I'm running at the gym and I see Tony and Tina and the whole wedding walking by me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there they are. That's insane. I've never seen this before because they used to get married in the church and then they'd walk to the reception hall. And then somebody had told me about not even knowing I was going for this audition because I had about two weeks to prepare for it. Somebody I knew was actually in the show. So it was all these synchronistic moments that I knew was lining up before I even knew that this is how it worked. I kept seeing numbers over and over again. It just was all there. And it gave me the courage and the confidence. Like I was like, this is perfect. The universe and I are talking. This is supposed to be mine. This is great. So I go to the audition and I'm sitting in the open call and about a hundred people show up for this audition. And my resume basically has scenes from my acting class on it. Like I have no experience whatsoever. I just left NBC. Matter of fact, right before I left NBC, I did a showcase. We did a showcase where we put it on for agents and casting directors. And there were some really big people in the audience. And I bombed. I sucked. I was so bad. I'll never forget sitting in the diner that night with my friend Kelly. And I was crying. And I was like, oh my goodness, I just gave up my career for this. And I sucked. I mean, I sucked. I was so bad, but I didn't let it stop me. And even the audition, not getting the audition, all that. So Tony and Tina's. I'm in the, the big room with all these girls, all in the Brooklyn accents. Everybody dressed to the tee. They're all talking about all the things they're doing. Who's in Aunt Sylvia's grandma's funeral? I don't remember all the friggin' plays. And I was like, oh fuck, what am I doing here? And I just I kept my mouth shut, and I was just watching. But there was an inner urging, like no, reminding me of all those synchronistic moments I saw. And I'm like, this part's mine. This part's mine. It's mine. So I went upstairs and they interviewed us. There were so many people that showed up. So they interviewed us. And the guy wrote Tina on it and circled it. And that was it. Didn't, I didn't get the part. They, he just did that. I didn't. He's like, we'll be in touch if we want to see you. So then I got the call to go to the audition. And I went on the audition. And I improv and. I was fucking fantastic because I wasn't insecure. I didn't, I wasn't worried about anyone. There was about 30 people in the room, then 30 girls. And they said, okay, we're going to have callbacks. We'll let you know. So I was like, oh, okay, I got to go through this again. You know, it's so nerve wracking. Right. And I was at MTV learning how to be a stage manager. Cause I had to figure out some ways to make money while I was pursuing my acting career. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go check my messages. And I checked my messages and they left me a message that I got the part. They weren't having callbacks. They just gave me the part. And here's the funny thing. They actually had called that one guy that I'd heard was in the production that I said before there was a guy that was in production and asked him about me because when I found out he was in the show and during the interview, I said that I knew him. And they asked him about me and he gave me a glowing you know, he knew me from acting class and stuff. And I didn't know he was in it because I hadn't seen him in a really long time. And he gave a good recommendation for me and they gave me the part. So you want to follow those things. And the thing about synchronicity that's so important. And again, I don't remember all the specifics that happened, but it was one thing after another, after another, after another. So I had a clear picture in my mind. I wanted this part. I didn't allow the, um, I followed the inner urgings of getting to backstage saw so the open call, I pursued it. And because of all the things the universe was communicating to me during it, I didn't allow the insecurity to come in when I sat in a room full of a hundred girls. And instead I was like, this is mine. i meant to do this. i meant to be here. You know, those moments. And then it was mine. So another moment was, uh, when I was moving to LA, I, after 9-11, I came to LA and I was living in my brother's friend's guest house. For uh, three months, while I was figuring out what I wanted to do, yeah. and I decided that I wanted to move to LA, but I, I didn't want to live in this guest house. It was a studio. I wanted my own apartment, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I need to find an apartment in LA that has hardwood floors because I had cats and a dog, accepted dogs and animals." I think my price at that point was like eight fifty. Remember, I was coming out of Manhattan, so eight fifty was a pretty decent price. Eight fifty and had parking and was in LA. And I was like, I need to get this apartment. I just need to get this apartment. And I just kept visualizing it and seeing it and feeling it. And the hardwood floors was so important to me. And I wanted something, you know, airy and nice. And, and I just kept focusing on it. And a friend invited me to a party and I didn't really want to go, but something inside me said, go to that party. And I'll never forget, I walked through the door of that party and there was a dog running up and down the hallway. And I went, oh my goodness, this apartment accepts dogs? Is there any apartments available in this building? And this girl overheard me and she said, are you looking for an apartment? I was like, yeah, do you live here? She goes, no, no, I don't live here. But there's an apartment available in the building that I'm in. I can definitely connect you with the building manager. And I was like, oh my goodness, definitely. So she connects me to the building manager, Dixie. Dixie and I didn't really love each other. I'll tell you a story about Dixie in a second. And I met with Dixie, but we loved each other in that moment. And it had hardwood floors, parking, allowed pets, and it was 850. So that was another synchronistic moment where I was super clear of what I desired, got invited to something, knew I had to go, and was really in the moment. You know, I'm very expressive, so... As soon as I walked in saying this place lets dogs in allowing, my, I was in the dream. I was in the moment and then I got it. So a side note about Dixie. So Dixie was the building manager of this, um, apartment complex. And we had this love hate relationship. I, I don't, we would get into like a little bit of battles, arguments. And then I was like, Oh frig, I got to apologize now because she's the building manager and they, you know, building managers hold a lot of power. And then I'd call her and apologize. Like I was like a crazy person around her for some reason. We just triggered each other like nuts. Dixie had a dog, Toto. And I remember one day, and this is my gifts were just starting to open up or I was starting to be aware of them, synchronistic, synchronistic (laughs) moments. And I remember looking out the window and she loved her dog. And she even put his little paw prints in the cement and it was Dixie and Toto and everything. And I saw Dixie outside the building and I saw Toto next to her. And I was like, oh my goodness, she really loves that dog that they love each other. And then Jennifer is going to be listening to this. And it was Jennifer who told me, I remember like seeing Jennifer like a day later or something. And she was like, oh my goodness, did you hear Toto died like a week ago? And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, Toto died. And I, I didn't tell Jennifer at the time, but I was like, oh my goodness, I saw that dog clear as day walking with her. And it was one of those amazing moments where I had like that, that is called, so that is a physical manifestation of clairvoyancy. I actually saw the dog and then Dixie was not doing well. And, um, I had a dream and she came to me and I knew she died. And then the next day I found out she died. And it's so fascinating that we had this love hate relationship and, um, she came to me when before she died and it was interesting. I don't, we didn't have any like, um, closure or anything at that moment. I just knew she wasn't around and it was totally fine. And Dixie was very nice. And I'm glad she got me into that apartment. Okay. Side note, how the universe can have your back when it's something that's uncomfortable. So I can't believe I'm going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it. And the reason why I can't believe I'm going to tell it is because it's a very, difficult story for me to tell. I'm not, I'm really going to change names because I have to. And if it ever gets heard by the particular person, I'm sure there may be some backlash with it. So I have a couple of dead ex-boyfriends. We'll just put it that way. And one of them would come visit me a lot. And he was hilarious. Very, very funny. Even in the spirit world, that, that humor just carried over. And because of all these experiences I I was having with dead ex-boyfriends and seeing dead people and not knowing if they were dead or alive and just the craziness that was going on, I was like, oh my goodness, this would be a really great sitcom. This would be hilarious. Like trying to date and being a medium and, you know, it'd be like I'd be on a date and the guy's dead grandmother would be standing next to him and I'd be hearing from the dead grandmother and I'm not going to say anything, right? It's a date. Or, you know, do not drink and give readings. It's like the worst thing you can do and you're not supposed to do it. But I'd be like having a couple of martinis and I'll be at the bar and I'll be like, you know, your grandmother's standing there and she's telling me you want to be a writer. And of course I said it like that because I was drunk and when I'm drunk, I'm really Brooklyn. Um, so are you a writer? Do you want to be a writer? Apparently I did this one night. I don't drink like this anymore. And um, the guy still talks about it, this bartender, because his father showed up. And I gave him all these messages about his father. And I don't remember it because I had way too many martinis. I think his name was Derek. And um, I'm trying to remember the name. It's a famous steakhouse because I want to give him a kudos. And um, he was very touched by the reading. But I was like, oh, you cannot do that when you're drinking. You can't. Oh, my goodness. So it's like a taboo thing. But I had all these like crazy stories, which I'm still like, wanting to share with all of you guys. And, um, so I had this like incredible idea and I was like, you know what? I really want to write a script about this. So I went to lunch with a friend and, uh, hmm, I'm going to say they, I'm going to keep it, uh, into a they. I'm not going to say whether he or she, and they were very, very, very influential in TV, very big name. And I shared with this person this idea because I thought that they would be able to, um, give me ideas of maybe how I get a comedy writer or somebody to help me. And they thought it was hilarious, the idea. And I shared all the different stories, like even getting hair extensions, which I didn't have back then, but I was like, you know what? I can't just put somebody's hair in my head. I'll start acting like them. Like I'll start speaking in accents or God knows what will happen, you know, forgive me God. So I shared all these stories, and this person thought they were hilarious. And uh, I didn't hear anything about it, and they just made a suggestion of what I could possibly do. You know, you get into it with a comedy writer, and they could pitch it, blah, blah blah blah. So months later, I get a call from this individual telling me that they pitched it to their agency without my knowledge, right? So, but they were calling me and letting me know that they did. They just happened to be in a meeting and they pitched the show idea and the agency loved it and they wanted her, this person to develop it. And, um, I was excited because they were bringing me along for the ride and it was a huge agency. And this person had a huge reputation and, um, we started developing the idea and they brought writers into the idea and we had meetings and, um, was based on my life, my whole life. So I would share my life stories and all these crazy things that happened and they started writing a pilot and, um, I guess the pilot wasn't well received by the person who was spearheading the project, the person who I had shared this with. So it kind of just fell away. It just all dropped and went away. And I didn't forget about it because it was some it was my heart. It was my soul. It was my story, especially my story with my ex, because my ex who passed away, we never had closure on the earth plane, but we had closure in a dream where we met on a bridge. It was really actually a beautiful moment. And we danced on this bridge. And I knew that he was showing up as a deceased person. Cause I said, you're dead. And he goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And then we danced together and there was all this forgiveness and all this amazing love between us, you know? So I knew that like, this was my heart and soul, this story, and I really wanted to tell it. And I wanted to, but I wanted to, of course, make it even funnier. I'm sure he had some influence in that too, of like how he like, just keeps showing up at different things and shaking my bed and all this stuff. And, um, but the the project fell away, but I didn't give up on it. I went to a writing class and I started writing it and I figured, let me try to write it. And then I can repitch it to this person because they were very, very interested in it. So I think it was like a year or two years later. I don't really know timing. Timing is very bad for me. And, um, there was a particular hike that I went on in LA that I would run into this person all the time, but we never walked together. I was usually coming down and this person was going up. And they were usually with someone or they were going up and I was coming down and we just never walked together. We'd just be like, we were good friends. We'd be like, Hey, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. I'll see you later. And I'd go home. And one day I decided to go on this hike and I parked in a place. Everything's timing. That's why you have to hear this. I parked in a place that I don't normally park. And I walked up the hill and I got to the top and there's an extension to the hill, but I decided not to take it this time. I decided to turn around. And I turned around and walked a few feet and I ran into this person and they decided to go back with me, which they never did ever. So it was just the two of us walking on this hike and we're just sharing, you know, updates on each other. I mean, we knew each other very, very well. And we get to the end of the hike, ladybug again, we get to the end of the hike and this person reveals to me, they're like, did I tell you I went in and met with such and such a network? I'm not going to say which one. And I pitched the show and this person describes my show to a T and I was like, what? Like I was, I was flabbergasted. I was shocked. And they're telling me how, yeah, you know, it's about this woman and she's, uh, She's dating this guy, and all these gifts are opening up and she's real, you know, she's not really sure what's happening and her, her boyfriend's helping her through it. And then at the very end, she's on a park bench with him. And I can't remember the whole pitch, but, and then you find out that he's dead and that she's a medium. And I'm like, what? But I'm flabbergasted. And I said, well, I'd really like to work on that. And the person's like, oh, you'd really like to work on it? And I was like, yeah, it's my idea but I didn't say that. I said, yeah, I was just shocked. And I got into my car and I drove away and I was stunned. And I went home and I called one of my closest friends, Brooke, and I told her what happened. She knew a bit about what was going on and she knew the story. And she's like, you have to get in touch with your attorney right now. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. And she said, you also need to say something. So I called this person up and I said, we ne- they w- didn't pick up and I said, we need to talk. And I um, called my attorney just to find out what I need to do. Now, this person, big in the industry, big agency, big lawyers, I don't have that. And I went into a channel session and I was, you know, told that I had to take care of myself and I got on. So the person called me back and we got into a conversation and I said, you know, this is my idea that we were working on. And they were annoyed and they said, well, I have to go back to my agency and talk to them. I'll let you know what they were like. What do you want? I keep slipping with the pronoun, but I don't care anymore. And I was like, well, I want to be involved. This is my idea. This is my life story. So they called me back and they were like, okay, we'll give you associate producer credit. And I called a few people in the industry that I knew well. And they said, that's not right. It, you know, I'm talking major people in the industry that I know. And I, um, I spoke to this person again and I said, I'm not really willing to accept that. And I'm also having a very difficult time having this conversation with you because you're very well represented and I'm not. So I really want to just hand this over to my attorney and let her deal with your attorney, because I think that's going to be fairer for all of us because we're friends and this is very heated, you know, and I really wasn't heated. I was so upset. And this person was so angry at me. And I went back to all the emails and I had tons of proof and I knew I was in the right. I knew it. So my attorney spoke to this person's attorney and, um, We knew that I had to have like some major credit on it and it just all went away, which was fine with me because if I wasn't going to be involved in a project that was my heart and soul, that was my story, I didn't want, you know, it wasn't fair for anybody to do that project without me knowing. And it was so specific to my story, uh, down to details that it just wasn't fair. Of course you could generalize that story and make it about. Well, anybody could take this right now and write that story and it's totally fine. But there were so many specifics in that particular story that were my story. So my point is, is that I went to my healer after Angela Norwood in uh, LA, who I love. And she said, yep, spirit had your back. The angels had your back. They weren't going to allow that to happen. And it was so true because so many things lined up. I would have, we'd never walked together on that hike. I never parked in that particular location, which made the timing at that time. Like I, and I normally went on the extension. I wouldn't have run into that person. Like there was different things that just made us meet. That person wasn't with somebody. So they decided to walk with me and I would, everything was revealed to me in that moment because I was protected. I was taken care of. Now we no longer speak. Obviously I had written an email and, and didn't apologize at all. Cause I didn't have anything to apologize for, but just said, you know, just, there was a, it was a forgiveness email, but it wasn't like it was your fault or anything like that either. I realized the two of us came to this thing from different perspectives for some reason. I don't know why, honestly. Um, the few people that know the story and, and know everything about it, it, they don't understand it either, even to the point of pitching my idea to someone, to an uh, agency. But the, so I guess, I guess I'm sitting here going, I'm right. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, do, it really doesn't matter. None of it matters. It, it was very upsetting in the moment. But my point to you is that that's synchronicity too. Synchronicity, your spirit guides have your back. And when you're in complete alignment and you're walking with your soul and you're walking in co-creation with the universe and you're creating the flow and you're very aware and you're paying attention to the nudges and you're seeing the signs or hearing things and you're following that track because whether things are, are showing up or not in your physical life, you stay in trust you stay and you trust because you're getting the signs, you're getting the information and that is flow. That is flow. And I wanted to share that particular story because it's many people think synchronicity is when things work out for you or things, you know, this beautiful thing opens up and sometimes it's the uncomfortable stuff or that was a very sad situation for me. And but still I could feel, and this has happened quite a few times where my guides have had my back like nobody's business. And they have put me in a place where I hear something. And I'm like, whoa, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me know this thing before I signed that agreement or moved forward with that deal. Or um went went out with that person. You know, there would be some information that would come down the pike that was so important and i was in the right place at the right time extremely aware and spirit gave me that communication and then i acted accordingly that's being in flow with your life that's living your life from your heart that's constantly putting yourself out there in in a beautiful way and saying you know what i matter my dreams matter and you move forward so that is synchronicity there's more i can share which i will down the line so what I want to make sure that you do is that you do that in the morning, wake up in the morning. And if, if you can't visualize the dream, then break it down to a statement. I am love. I am abundance. I am expansion. I am connected to source. I am loved beyond measure, whatever it may be. And go throughout the day with that expectation. This is my light. This is my dream. This is my creation. Okay, universe, let's get into this dance together with it. And what I always like to add is with ease and grace, because I know some people are like, that's so overused. I don't really care. It works for me. It's really good because I want to make sure the ladybug's coming back. (laughs) I want to make sure that with ease and grace, I'm getting these lessons. One thing I said to spirit a long time ago was I'm done with learning through difficulty. I'm done. I, I live my life in such an experiential way. Like everything's experience. I teach through experience. I tell stories through experience, through my own experiences. And then I was like, you know what? I'm done with these friggin' experiences. And I was like, I promise to learn through observation. I want to learn through observation. And what that meant to me is I will watch people around me and seeing what they're doing, the choices they're making, and I will learn from watching them. And my guide said to me, Well, then you better pay attention. You better really observe. And I did. And what that meant was, I'm very aware of situations around me. And I can kind of see, like, oh, that's not probably the best thing to do, but it's not my place to tell the person. The person needs to have their life they I'm not asking me for my opinion. I'm not going to tell them. But I'm learning by watching them. And I'm making better choices, more informed choices. So you can say, You know, I love this ladybug. She's just round. Um, you can say to spirit, I, you know, visualize that dream, get up in the morning and be like, okay, with ease and grace, I'm in a synchronistic dance with you universe. Let's make this happen. And then pay attention to what you're seeing, hearing, feeling, sensing, and knowing and follow that. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, do email me if you have any questions or something you want to learn or something you'd like me to talk about at info at who can it be now podcast.com info at who can it be now podcast.com. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Have an incredible weekday whenever you're listening to this night and just sending you so much love. Thank you so much. And, uh, remember to subscribe, share, and rate. This podcast. Thank you.